Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Well, today, uh, people, I want to welcome you to our C3 Church Global Podcast, where I'm talking with Seth Solanke from England and uh, known as a digital guru and many other things, but he also pastors uh, C3 Reflect, a church that is doing very well there in London. And uh, he is a father of four and married to Emma, who I met recently, and their children, Jemima, Samson, Jack, and Hugo, are all very vibrant young people. (laughs) So uh, having them in church when you're trying to pastor, I know what that's about, but it's great to have you with us, Sats. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I I love uh, seeing your daily delivery of three-second pieces of advice on Reels or uh, Instagram. Do you record every day? No, no, definitely not. It's it's an illusion that <laughs> there's something every day. <laughs> so you must change clothes each time you do a new one. <laughs> well, a lot of it is kind of uh, you, you're regurgitating it, aren't you? You cut them up into bits and you schedule it. Yeah, so people think I'm on it all the time, but I'm not. <laughs> Tell me uh, what your IG handle is. Yeah, it's at, it's just my name. So at Sat Solanke. S-O-L-A-N-K-I. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Is that what? What's what's your background? Yeah. So um, the name, like it's Indian. Um, so I'm kind of a bit of an eclectic mix. My dad's side of the family Indian. Uh, my mum's side of the family. Uh, her her dad, my granddad, is from Mauritius, uh, but also Indian. <laughs> and then wow. her mom, my grandmother's English, and grown up in the UK. So yeah, a bit bit all over. That's a, an exotic background. Yeah. All kinds of. Uh, all kinds of history there. That's that's uh, fantastic. Uh, and so you also uh, were involved in leading the church in Frankfurt for what four years? Yeah, we're, we're part of the team. We're part of the team. So yeah, we went out um, about four or so years, and um, yeah, it was an experience. Moving country, new culture, and uh, trying to learn a language. <laughs> of course, planting a church as well. All of that stuff. But yeah, right. it, was, it was a it was an experience. Okay, so as well as offering people advice about how to present Instagram messages, et cetera. The content of what you talk about is very interesting. Uh, some of it's just to help leaders with their uh, church attendance and uh, reaching out through social media. But some of it is also about touching on touchy subjects, things that no. uh, believers sometimes just want to uh, shy away from or not address. Uh Tell me uh, what your passion is in those areas. What are the subjects that you like to address that you think will help people? Yeah, wow. I mean, I, th- I think I don't think there's so much that there's like a specific subject that I think I need to talk about this. It's, it's more like, I think it more comes just from like a personal, I want to really understand some of the things in my own faith and, um, and the culture's changing and the culture's very persuasive, you know? So you read things, you see things, and you think, 
well, that's kind of challenging. Like, how do I square that up with what I believe, what I believe the Bible to say, etc.? And just realizing like a lot of these things are new for a lot of people, uh, including myself. And so the culture is changing fast. And so I guess just a lot of it comes out of me just trying to educate myself and stay on point and then realizing as I spend more time on it, actually a lot of people don't know some of these things. And um, so I think it come, it kind of comes out of that. It's more of a curiosity for myself um, and then realizing, oh, there's actually something to share. So then I think, well, let's go for it. And I think once you kind of, understand something then you feel a lot more confident talking about those things right you know when you feel a bit on eggshells and what's the right perspective and you know uh, yeah i think following jesus is pretty countercultural, isn't it so <laughs> totally totally yeah. uh i i don't do not think we're meant to be a subculture we're meant to be a counterculture and mm. i call it the upside down world of the kingdom and uh because even jesus when he came he said look moses said to you that this, but I say to you this. Mm, uh, so yeah. he even was counterculture to the Old Testament, and uh, uh, well, many of the the angles at which the Old Testament was coming at us, which was basically, if you live right, you'll be right with God. But Jesus says, "Well, I've lived right, and so I'm going to give that that perfect life to you as a gift, so that you are right with God forever." and uh, no, that's a it's an amazing thing. And then he's also counterculture when he says, "Look, the Pharisees are telling you to do this, but I say to you, do this." Or, mm, and so sure. definitely, what you're saying is is correct. And when you've got a flood, just a complete flood of information overwhelming us, drowning us through the TV, through the social media, through the internet, through everything, uh, it it shapes our thinking. And uh, we really need people like yourself to be able to give a position that's been well thought through uh, that uh, believers can draw strength from. So tell me uh, a, a, a subject, what, you know, give an example of one of these areas. Yeah, so we, we've done a series recently on sex, um, been talking quite a bit about evolution, uh, which actually, funnily enough, really connects in to a lot of the way the culture Thinks about sex, so that, that would be like a pretty big one. Uh, we've done a lot of stuff around um, the mind, uh, mindfulness, Christian meditation, which I know is a, I've heard you, Pastor Phil, talk a lot about. Um, and so, yeah, those those kind of things. I think culturally, it's like gender. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're the big ones. Uh, it's, right. it's really moving fast. Right. So, talk about the, the sex area. What, what did you address in that? Yeah, I, th I think just the a lot of the things that maybe, I mean, I'm 34. I'm not that old or that young now. <laughs> I'm somewhere in it where when I grew up with a sort of Christian-ish background, you know, nothing crazy, but, but, but enough, there's certain assumptions about a life, relationships, sex, et cetera, assumptions, what marriage is, assumptions, you know, you wait till marriage before you have sex. And I think like now... Um, those sort of assumptions just don't exist, particularly in our, you know, we're in London, so we're fairly accelerating fast culturally. Um, so I think just some of those things, like you, if someone's grown up in a similar environment, then they will have the maybe the right assumption, let's say, but, but, but just a lot of it is not talked about anymore because I think often as pastors, we're just assuming everyone's, they already know. And of course, it's a bit awkward. So <laughs> we're not rushing to talk about these topics, are we? Um, and and I, I think what it does is it, it just 
makes you, it, it, you find you might be pastoring someone, discipling someone, and you think this person's really, you know, doing great. And then like a year later, you realize, oh, wow, they, they totally have no idea. <laughs> and then it becomes a really awkward conversation, right? And so part of my uh, desire to talk about it up front was just to try and nullify some of the awkwardness that you're going to have in the future by just being more upfront. I think the church sometimes hides a little bit, right? So you're, you're, you would be promoting the idea that people do not have sex before marriage, I imagine? Well, well, well yes, but I think, I think that the idea that has to come before that, which is just as important, is you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to follow Jesus. Right. Right. But if you want to follow Jesus, this is what he says. And so right. understanding that we're not telling people what they have to think, what they have to do. We're just simply saying, Christianity belongs to us. It belongs to what the Bible says. It belongs to Jesus. Yeah. So don't, don't, you know, don't blur the lines, which is what our culture does, right? It goes, hey, you can be a Christian, you can do this. It's like, well, maybe. <laughs> so let me ask you another uh, thorny question that I've been asked a little recently. Here in the USA, uh, cannabis uh, is now legal, as it is in quite a number of places. So Christians are asking, well, can I smoke it? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question <laughs> what, what's the answer <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not keen on on the idea but uh it would be it would, it would be uh if somebody wanted to argue the case that they could um i would you know i, I don't think we'd be um too easily uh able to uh, to fight that, but I don't think it's good for people because once people get stoned, they're stoned, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure you can get a little bit high. Possibly sure. you can. I'm not that well educated on the whole thing, but I know, like with, and then they'd argue, well, drinking wine. A lot of Christians drink wine, and so you say, well, yeah, but you can have a glass of wine, and it hasn't, you know, put you on your head, and so, sure. and uh, and generally it. If people have got an addiction problem, it's it's going to catch up with you either way, alcohol or um, mm. uh, recreational drugs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think when you when you think about people who use recreational drugs like a lot, it's not like the most positive trajectory. <laughs> I mean, just just like I think everybody knows, don't they? It's, it's, you know, but yeah, it's one of those gray areas, isn't it? Where you could kind of argue it, but yeah. One thing leads to another. And there are a lot of innocent things that people can get involved in as well that are not going to do you good in the long run if it becomes an obsession. Mm. And uh, I think uh, that's more more the case that uh, why, why do we want to hurt ourselves and destroy ourselves? It seems a weird uh, kind of uh, journey that we, we find ourselves on. And God is, in his love, uh, says, hey, guys, um, don't do this. Put boundaries on your life. Mm. It's it's the same with pornography. On uh, I know there'd be some Christians who read, wrestle, many Christian men who, who wrestle with this whole area and uh, and have sometimes have argued for it. You know, and you go like, why would you argue for something that really is wounding you personally and your marriage? And uh, the end of it is not going to be any good either. Have you have you discussed uh, pornography on any of your subjects? We didn't actually know. That's probably a, a pretty important topic to put in the next series. Um, I think I think we were 
were quite careful how we talked about everything. And, and I think one of the things we tried to do, not that we shouldn't talk about pornography, but I think we were going quite high concept, if that makes sense. So we're actually very, um, I think there's just loads of big topics, aren't they? You know, uh, you know, gay sex, homosexuality, transgender, etc. We could go on and all these words that are in our consciousness right now. And I think what, one of the things I've tried to do um, is not necessarily successfully, but is to create like a new language around how we talk about some of these things. Because I think some of those words are instantly like, you know, they instantly take you into a certain conversation. And I often find that conversation has been well trodden by people who are maybe a little less gracious or a little, you know, more in a fight. Um, so, yeah. I understand what you're saying. And so, uh, yeah, I think you could really help uh, uh, a lot of pastors who are wanting to address subjects without becoming ultra judgmental uh, and repelling people rather than attracting them to the kingdom of God. And uh, it is so important that we do that. But these are very delicate subjects and it needs needs a decent amount of grace to actually uh, to actually cover them. Uh, in terms of talking to leaders who uh, may feel a little uh, thumbs and fingers regarding social media and the internet, uh, which uh, one of the gifts of COVID in a way was to force us all to become internet, a little more internet savvy anyway, and to put our church online. And I think a lot of pastors uh, or leaders of churches uh, thought that if they just put their service up online, that it would have the same impact as it does live, but quickly found out that actually that's not true. You have to have a a, a presentation that is internet-specific uh, with calls to action earlier in the piece because people drop off, et cetera, um, halfway through, and to hold people's attention, to not have 30 minutes of singing because it just loses after that time. There were all kinds of areas like that that we needed to get educated in. How are you finding uh, leaders uh, coping and keeping up with uh, the internet these days? It just seems to me that even videos like on Reels and TikTok are getting shorter and shorter and you're watching some things for about three seconds and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's re- I think it's really about capacity, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously the internet is just a great opportunity. You can reach people really easily in a, in a, in a scalable way that you just couldn't even imagine. Um, but it's also loads of work, <laughs> like putting this stuff out there. You need strategy and editing videos. And so I do see, obviously, some people are really leaning into it. Others are feeling the, I think just the, it's, 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 it's a lot of work and church is a lot of work anyway. So I do think you have to, you have to just decide where you want to put your focus. And um, I actually do actually think, despite me being fairly digital, I always think it's interesting that Jesus chose to come in a time where there was no internet. Like he could have come now (laughs) with the technology that we have, but he didn't, he didn't do that. He came at a time where he encapsulated something in a really small amount of people. So I don't necessarily think every church has to be this, you know, all singing, dancing church on the internet. I think it's just about trying to figure out, you know, what's in you. And uh, and then hopefully there's people around you that maybe are more gifted than that and you can release them and encourage them in it. Um, but I think it's about finding the things that you can do um, and do them well because 
because it's it's one of those things that there, there is an infinite amount of things you can do to reach people, um, particularly on the internet. And you can spend all day on this thing and it's very easy to because it's designed to be addictive, isn't it? So even yourself, when you're going in there to try and learn new techniques and you're posting more and then you end up just checking all the time and all that kind of stuff. So I think I think it's it's okay not to feel that pressure to be you know, fully on there, fully doing everything, but to actually take seasons to rest, take your time, reevaluate, get strategic. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, um, uh, we're going to have to you know, tie this off in a, in a couple of moments, but I wanted to ask you, uh, like in that overwhelming kind of drowning feeling that some leaders have regarding the internet uh, in, in terms of handling it and coping with it, uh, what is the best way to stay up with what's going on without feeling overwhelmed uh, in these areas? I mean, my personal uh, approach to that is just to limit myself to pretty much two uh, social media platforms, uh, which is Instagram and Twitter, and that's it. Uh, and Facebook I find very complicated uh, and and uh, you can refer your feed on to other platforms if you want. But I find uh, that's one way anyway that I have managed to, um, you know, keep myself from, from the overwhelming feeling that uh, you, you're everywhere and, and not really achieving much at all. Yeah, I think it really comes back to strategy because um, you've got to ask the question, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, are you trying to disciple people? Are you trying to reach people who from another religion? Are you trying to, uh, you know, what are you trying to do? And I think once you can define that, it's going to tell you what platform you should be on, uh, what you should be posting uh, and so on. And I think the whole thing for me is, is I think the more you can treat it like a game, the more fun it is and the less sort of like soul destroying it is because you can go out there and think, let me try two weeks, going to post every day, try something out and then have a break for a month and then look at the results and then come back in and try something new. So I think um, for me, definitely doing that, that sort of bursts of energy. People think I post all the time, but actually I often have quite long bursts when I don't post. It's just you see it coming up for <laughs> ages afterwards. I'll be posting like three times a day. People think, Sats, you're on this all the time. It's like, well, I am now, <laughs> but I think I'll just do it in a burst, you know, um, to try and test what's going to work. Right. Have you found people come to your church because of your online presence? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix. Like um, it's always, it's hard to hundred percent say, but what I do know for certain is that you are softening the entrance. Um, so when people are checking you out and people's friends are there, they are, they are stalking you, <laughs> you know, uh, online. And uh, the more that there is for them to stalk and get a feel for who you are, uh, it's definitely making it much easier. So yeah, we've had people come to church. They're like, we've been tuning in for months and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that definition. That because uh, you, you, everybody does it. Uh, as soon as you know somebody or hear about somebody or you meet a person, yeah, googling them, like as you say, the stalking thing, it just happens automatically. People are meeting each other for marriage for, online. People searching out jobs. I mean, buying a car, buying a knitting needle, buying anything. It's like it all. It is a world of where we find out everything. And so as a church, as a church leader, having that nailed is super important because people are going to be looking for you or finding out about you online. And so um, managing that 
is is so important. Have you got any ideas uh, for leaders listening as to how to get that managed the best way? I know there's tons of companies out there who will take over your social media expression, et cetera. Sometimes leaving your your PR or your public image in other people's hands can be a risky affair. Uh, and then having them on staff can be an expensive affair. So uh, have you got any thoughts about for leaders listening and what's a great, you know, um, a pathway for them if they haven't got a lot of money to spend on it or the expertise or the other way around, they have got the money, but not really sure where to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I think, I think there's, there's some aspects of social media that are quite short term, TikTok, Instagram, quite short term. Um, I think other aspects such as YouTube, um, even like downloadable PDFs and there's different ways of presenting the content in a way where people can engage a bit more long-term. Um, so that's something we're experimenting with. So you do a series that, you know, a series on sex, a series on mindfulness, something that's quite interesting to people having that on your website as a kind of downloadable, um, after for people to sign up, get emails to, um, that kind of thing. So I, th- I think those sort of things can make it a little bit more uh, long reaching. Whereas sometimes when you post, you know, something on Instagram, you post something and then People engage with it in the next 24 hours and then that's it. It disappears. So thinking about what, what platforms are going to have a bit more long-term impact, you're generally going to find that maybe they won't reach as many people, but it's it's all a, a game as to which, which platform is going to be best for you. I think that's a really good question to ask ourselves that what do I want to do? Do I want to do a teaching series? And even then, maybe five minutes each time, uh, because I know the first thing I look at on a YouTube is that time thing and see how long this next thing's going to take. And so if I can do a teaching series on, on whatever a subject like you've mentioned uh, and make them between two and three minutes long uh, each each segment, yes. it could uh, it could have the potential to really to really work. And like you say, if it's on a on an Instagram, it's got to be super short. Um, and I I. I'm convinced that uh, even though we've got to be online, we need to know that we're not going to reach everybody. The idea that uh, how am I going to reach everybody? You're not. Nobody is. But you might reach 10 people. And having 10 people on the end of that line, they may be people God is giving you to, to shepherd, to care for, to teach, and to lead. And so um, doing the best with what you get is super important not to be discouraged. And, uh, and I think, okay, well, this is where I start and, uh, thereby reference, uh, they'll, they'll bring other people into that room and you can find yourself actually reaching a decent amount of people and create a community that's online that could lead to people being in your church or gathering together in connect groups. I think, uh, but accepting the fact that, what you've got now is the beginning point and uh, you've got to work with that. Yeah, I think that's it. And I, and I think the first step with that is is often, and you kind of alluded it to, to it there, is repurposing what you have, um, you know, rather than creating new content. It's like you've got all this content we're preaching every week. It's like you can put that in different formats. You can, you, you know, you can turn some of that into like a chapter of a book and, and so on. And so I think... Um, understanding just strategically how you can position that um, is, is much better than starting from scratch. You know, uh, we are content creators. Exactly. 
preaches the content creators all the time. Have you written a book on this at all yet? Uh, I haven't. I haven't no. Come on, Seth. Uh, Come on, yeah, Seth. Right. Yeah. I need, to, I need to get on it. I think one of the challenges is, is all of this stuff changes so much, doesn't it? Changes quickly. Yeah. So um but yeah, I've been I've been challenged. Explore some new formats. I would like to ask you one last question because you did sure. say you were talking on mindfulness, which I think is very important, being present in the moment. And uh especially with so many distractions all, all around us. Tell us a key to keep mindfulness as a reality in our own in our own lives wow it's a pretty big question um i mean I, i'm obviously going to say some of the basics you know pray etc I, I think the the the, un, the the thing that's not talked about so much in terms of prayer is just the emotional side of it um you know you have emotions and and i and i think it's Kerry newhoff who says you know the key to a sustainable uh pace is a sustainable pace <laughs> So I think I've just uh, I've just learned I think a lot more recently to try and live in the margin and uh, create more space and give myself permission just to slow down a bit, enjoy life a bit more. My scripture that I'm living at the moment is when Jesus says, "Don't be anxious about tomorrow." You know, just be anxious about today. So every day I'm just saying, "What am I supposed to do today?" If I finish a bit early, I'm like, "It's cool." And then some days you go a bit later, and it's just trying to be okay with that margin. I'm finding is is pretty key to uh, having the uh, capacity and energy to actually be disciplined um, around some of those practices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I definitely, I've I've found over time that uh, if you create something, an organization, it starts to create you, and uh, because it creates demands on you that you feel you a need to fulfill, you feel obliged to fulfill, you feel guilty if you don't, and uh, and like you say, if you give yourself permission to say, hey. It's okay. I'm not going to actually engage in this particular thing. And uh, just because I've got a gap in the day doesn't mean I need to find something else to do. I can actually, as you say, sit back, regather, and my mind will get refocused. And uh, definitely spending time in prayer is super important. And I just think, you know, uh, doing Bible study, a little Bible study every day helps you immensely with just mindfulness, being present. And uh, these are the basics, like you say, of, of Christian living. And uh, once we get those deeply into our into our daily routine, I think uh, they will serve us well for the rest of our lives. Good, Sats. There you are, Pastor Sats. Do people call you Pastor in your church? Uh, I try to discourage them as much as possible, but some of them do. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, how have you found living in London? Uh, it's a very unique city. Uh, it's pretty pretty busy, and uh, yeah, it's it's very very transient. That's probably our biggest challenge, I think, is uh, just building. You know, obviously the pandemic has accelerated that as well. A lot of people leave, come back home, another country, another city. But but that's also the best thing about it. People come in quickly. <laughs> There's a lot of energy, so they're, they're coming back. Ahead. Pastor Sets, they're coming back. Yeah. People are going to fill that church. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks so much for being with us and uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Pastor Phil. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.